be in a different text, and we will be in 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 1 through 11. This month we're talking about kingdom connections, and we're talking about the kingdom of God, which is the realm of God's authority, where he has called us as a believer to live into. It's not a physical place, but it's a spiritual place. It's a mindset that we are to have as we navigate life. We should be kingdom-minded and kingdom-focused. And this morning, we're going to talk about the importance of maintaining a kingdom focus. Another way to describe that is having our priorities in the right place. And we can look at the life of King Solomon, who was the son of David. And King Solomon is known for his wisdom. If we look at Ecclesiastes and even some of the Psalms and some of the Proverbs, we, we read some of the wisdom and the gift that God had given Solomon uh, to build the temple. Listen, Solomon built the temple. Where was the temple? The temple was a place where people went to worship. It represented the symbol of authority, the realm of the spirit, where we go in and we hear God. Listen, where we come in, where we see God, and we are blessed by the presence of God, and he was charged with building that physical place. And here in 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 1 through 11, we're going to read today the New Living Translation, and we want you to walk through the word with us. It says, Now Solomon loved many foreign women. And before we get too deep in our text, we're not talking about women this morning. And we're not trying to demonize anyone, but we want to look at the heart of what the word is saying. It says Solomon loved many women, foreign women, besides Pharaoh's daughter. It says he married women, not just one, not just two, not just three, but many from Moab, Amnon, Edom, Sidon, and from among the Hittites. Verse 2 says the Lord clearly instructed the people of Israel. You must not marry them because they will turn your hearts to their gods. Yet Solomon insisted on loving them anyway. What have we insisted on loving anyway? Even when God told us it's not good for us, it's not good to us, it's not going to help us grow. But what have we insisted on clinging to anyway? It says in verse 3, he had, it quantifies it, 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines. In fact, they did turn his heart away from the Lord. Verse 4 says in Solomon's old age, they turned his heart not just from the Lord, but to worship other gods instead of being completely faithful to the Lord his God as his father David had been. So Solomon worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidians, and Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. And in this way, Solomon did what was evil in the sight of God. He refused to follow the Lord completely as his father David had done. And on the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, he even built a pagan shrine for Shemos, the detestable god of Moab, another for Melech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. Solomon built such shrines for all his foreign wives 
to use for burning incense and sacrificing to their gods. The Lord was very angry with Solomon for his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. Listen, God never leaves unimportant details, but every word has a significance. The Lord appeared to him twice. So Solomon knew who God was, and it says he warned Solomon specifically about worshiping other gods, but Solomon did not listen. And this is a key verse. We have to listen to the Lord's command. Amen. Somebody say, listen to the Lord's command. Listen, we've got to maintain our focus. So now the Lord said to him, since you've not kept my covenant, and disobeyed my decrees, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your servants. And I'll stop reading there this morning. Kingdom connections matter. Maintain your focus. Today we're talking about uh, maintaining your focus. Last week we dealt with um, why kingdom connections matter, and we focus in on Samson and Delilah, and today we're turning our attention to Solomon. All right, Solomon was King David's son. He had a special gift. We know he asked the Lord for wisdom, and it was granted to him. And as we uh, read the scripture text, and if you, as you've heard the scripture text read, you see that this one, this uh, this king that had all of this wisdom, who was the wisest that lived, that God granted him this request of wisdom, but yet he doesn't apply that wisdom to his life. We want to start there because many times, particularly we in the church, we know the word, we know the scripture, and we're very quick to give that scripture to others, but how often do we not apply it to our own life? And so we have Solomon who is very wise, and if you read the scriptures uh, leading up to this verse of scripture, you see that the Bible says that many people came from far and near to get the wisdom that Solomon had. He was able to bring understanding to matters, to work, help people work through their own problem and issue, but yet we see here in these verses of chapter 11 that he's unable to apply that wisdom to his own life because in Deuteronomy we have Moses telling the people that you are not to marry these foreign women and if you do so you will surely have your your heart turned away from God and we see that that's the very thing that happens Solomon is wise but he's foolish Hallelujah. Amen. Solomon is wise, yet he is foolish. Okay. He fell in love with the wrong people and these people drew him away from his kingdom purpose and his kingdom assignment. We're talking about focus. His focus was on building his kingdom. His focus was on building his wealth. His focus was on becoming something, something great that he forgot someone great. Greatness is in God, and we should pursue him over everything else. Solomon, he fell in love with the wrong thing. What have we fallen in love with? Uh, it's not always a person. It can be a place. It can be a thing. It can be an activity. But whatever we allow in our human out appetite to outweigh our desire for God will become a trap for us. 
Solomon's trap was described in a verse 11, verse 1. It says, Moab, Moabite women, Ammonite women, Edomites, Zidians, Hittites, all of these were uh, enemies of really the kingdom of the people of God. But Solomon's desire for more caused him to lose his identity. He wanted to identify with everyone else. And as we talk about the kingdom of God, we need to know our identity. Who are we? And when we know who we are, we are careful what we give ourselves to because we understand we are king's kids. Somebody say that I'm a king's kids. I belong to the kingdom. And because I belong to the kingdom, I need to check my desire and make sure that it stays true to God. Listen, Solomon's desire for more money, for more power, for more success. Listen, God made him successful, but it wasn't enough. And sometimes in life, we go through life accumulating stuff. But listen, how much is enough? How many clothes can you buy? How many shoes can you have? Uh, we just recently relocated and packed and moved, and I thought, Lord, we got too much stuff. Listen, some of this stuff had tags on it. I hadn't worn yet. Listen, the Lord was showing me through that. Listen, some of this stuff we don't need, so we begin to give it away. Listen, some things we've got to give away. It's not always stuff, and it's not always bad, but sometimes it becomes a God. And listen, what has become a God to you? Verse 2 says, his heart turned away from God. That Hebrew word there meant to stretch out, to extend, to spread out, to pitch, to pervert, to incline, to bend. Listen, Solomon had too many. Listen, how many? 700 and then another 300. Listen, I can't keep up with the one I got. Praise the Lord. I don't know how Solomon did it. Listen, it was never God's plan. How do we know that? Go to Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 16. It says, the king, moreover, must not acquire great numbers of horses for himself or make the people return to Egypt to get more of them, for the Lord has told you. You are not to go back that way again. Listen, God has changed your life. Listen, we've got to change our mind. We've got to pursue him. Don't go back into our old system of thinking and believing. It says he must not take many wives or his heart will be led astray. When the Lord gives us his word, he's just not telling us something for us to be told, but he's telling us because he has a purpose and a plan, and he always lets us know what the consequences are in advance. It says he must not accumulate large amounts of silver and gold. And when he takes the throne of his kingdom, he is to write for himself on a scroll a copy of the law. How do we maintain our focus? Listen, I want you to write this down. How do I maintain my focus? You've got to study and know the word of God. Listen, the king took a scroll and he was told to write a copy of the law. What was the law? The word. David said it, Lord, your word I've hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. It says it's to be with him. He is to read it all the days of his, of his life. Listen, read your Bible daily. Listen, daily. Meditate on his word day and night. 
let your delight be in the law and the word of God. It says so that he may learn to revere. Listen, God's way, we have to learn it. We have to be taught it. And once we are taught it, then we've got to walk it out and cause it to manifest by the actions in our behavior. It says, carefully follow the words of the law and these decrees and not consider himself better than his fellow Israelites and turn after the law to the right or to the left. Then he and his descendants will reign a long time over his kingdom in Israel. If you want to be blessed, if you want success, if you want the Lord to work miracles and do great things in your life, follow his plan, study his word, worship him, and then we will have kingdom authority and kingdom power. Kingdom authority and kingdom power comes when we pursue the living, the true, and the real God. Solomon fell in long with the, with the wrong people, and it drew his heart away from God. Amen. Solomon was powerful. His, he, he was very powerful. He, was, um, he had conquered a lot of these other adversaries, and he had grew strength and power. His kingdom was very big. And so he wanted to, we read in the verse that said that he fell in love with these foreign women. But what we have to realize is that in these kingdomships with these kings, um, they would conquer the other adversary and then they would take wives and they would take women. And sometimes they would take women as a way of an alliance with another place. But we read in Deuteronomy where God told his people, I don't want you to take or marry these foreign women because God has a way. The world has a way, but God also has a way and a standard. And what happened was Solomon wanted to show that he was the most powerful. He wanted to show that he was the greatest. And so instead of doing it God's way, instead of meeting God's standard, he decided that I would continue to build my kingdom. I will continue to take all of these wives to show these other kingdoms and these other nations that I am the most powerful. But when you start turning your sight, we're talking about focus. When you start turning your attention away from God's standard, then it's going to lead to a compromise of your affections and then a compromise of your devotion. Because that's what happened to Solomon because he changed his focus. He was no longer focused on the law, focused on what the word of God said, focused on what God had told him when he came to him two times. He was no longer focused on the, the law that Moses wrote on the tablet. He was focused on the way that the other nations were doing it. Because the other nations showed their power through all of the stuff they had, through all of the women they married. But God never intended for his people to look like the world. Amen? Amen? And so his focus got on doing it like everybody else to show who he was or show that he was somebody. And so when he lost his focus, what happened? He lost his affection. And then he lost his devo devotion. The Bible says that his heart turned to other gods. That's what happened to us. We think that we can compartmentalize God in our life. Like I can still do all of these other things as long as um, I still have, I still read on this day or I still go to church on Sunday. But that's not how it works because when you change your focus, to start identifying with the world in all of these other areas, your affection and your devotion is going to turn too. So I, I can't just come to church on Sunday, but be a part of this on Monday through, through Saturday, or do this, or be connected with this person on, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, or whatever the case may be, because 
where your focus is, where your attention, that's what your focus is, where your attention, your pursuit, soon your affection is going to be there. And once your affection is there, because the Bible says he loved those women, once your affection is there, then your devotion will be there. Then you will begin to worship it. You may not be bowing down to that thing, but if it has your time, if it has your resources, if it has your thought processes, if that's all you're thinking about, that's all your calendar is full of, what you can do for this person or what you can do for this thing, then it has your devotion. It says in the scriptures that we read that, he began, he built the temple. We know that he built the temple. That's what Solomon is known for. But in the passage of scripture that we read in chapter 11, he began to make concessions for those women. And he also built temples for their gods. He also built uh, places for them to go and worship their God. Because when you begin to lose your focus, what you lose your focus to will then begin to, you will then begin to make room for in your life. And that's what Solomon did. He was, he, he was supposed to love the Lord his God only he had built the temple he was supposed to be the one that was like David after God's own heart but instead he started making concessions he started making room for other things and then after he started making room for those things then the Bible says he began to worship those things as well and so first it was his focus and his focus caused him to disobey because he loved those women. They had his focus. And then after his focus was his affection. And after his affection was his devotion. And many of us, we don't start in a thing thinking that we are about to worship an idol. We don't start in a thing thinking that that thing is about to consume our life. We start in it because it gets our attention, our focus. And then we start liking it. So there goes our affection. And once we start liking it, we start pursuing it more and more until it has our very devotion. We only have so much to give. And you can't give everyone everything and expect to stay true in your relationship with God. Something has to give. Even now, sometimes we are burdened and we are overworked because we've given ourselves to the wrong places and we put our energy and effort into the wrong things. But listen, we're never giving up anything when we give ourselves to God. Listen, we don't have a problem giving ourselves to the job, giving ourselves to organizations, memberships, giving ourselves trying to help people. God is not assigned to our destiny and purpose. See, this is a trap sometimes many of us go into. We have a heart, we wanna help people. But listen, you can't help everybody. Praise the Lord. The Lord have called us to be salt and light, but he's not called us to be foolish. He said, be wise. Listen, even if you're trying to win souls, sometimes we'll say, well, I'm trying to tell them about Jesus. But if it takes you from the house of the Lord and you, and you don't have time for worship, you don't have time for prayer. Listen, if your resources are being invested in something else, amen, where you don't have anything to give to God, Listen, you've got to check that desire. We've got to give ourselves to him. We can't try to please people. See, the more that Solomon accumulated, the more women he came into relationship with, the more he had to spread himself to meet their demands, to, to feel their needs. Listen, to please them and keep them happy. But listen, you can't please people. Listen, you can please God. How do we feed, please God? It says, he that comes to God must believe 
He's the rewarder of them that diligently seek them. What he said in Hebrews, without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. God just wants us to have faith in him and then to faithfully follow his plan. Listen, we have so much to give. We've stretched ourselves thin in the wrong areas. Sometimes we give ourselves away to everything except that which matters the most. And then when God calls our name, we are worn out. We're tired. and We don't have anything to give to the kingdom. Connections, write this down, will either strengthen your walk or hinder your walk with God. Listen, what are the connections that are current in your life? What is consuming your time and resources? Is it causing you to get stronger spiritually or is it weakening you? Listen, God doesn't come to weaken us. He comes to strengthen us and build us up in our faith. What has led your heart away from the Lord? How do you get back? Where have we turned our attention, worship, and focus? Listen, how do we get back? First, love the Lord. He said it, and I give this scripture all the time, Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, with all of thy soul, and with all of thy mind. Listen, God is calling us right now into a place of faithfulness and complete devotion. No longer God doesn't want you in the middle of anything. He says, I want to know where your true allegiance lies. Is it with me or is it mixed with everything else? Refocus your priorities, but start with God. Make time for worship. Make time for prayer. Examine your life. Deal with connections and relationships that are toxic to your spiritual growth. Listen, sometimes we have hard of letting go of something that's really just depleting us. It's calling us to be unsatisfied. It's calling us to be frustrated. But listen, serve God. Listen, Solomon was called to build the work of God, to bring the kingdom of God into a place of prosperity and purpose. His kingdom should be our focus, and the kingdom connections we have should help grow his work. Listen, how do we grow his work? We walk out his word in our day-to-day life. Serve God. Are you really serving God, or are you serving yourself? Are you serving your agenda? Or are you serving God's agenda? Even now, see, the enemy doesn't come with us with a pitchfork and with red clothes on. But he comes to us disguised, it's in the word, as an angel of light. And so many folk right now, they're caught up in something that's good, but it's not God. Listen, it may be good, it may do good, but is it what God have called you to? Sometimes you say, I'll start something. Did God tell you to start it? You say, well, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do this. Did God tell you to do it? It's a time to walk in faith and walk in obedience to what he say. Listen, sometimes God calls us into a place we don't want to be. And it's something that may not be glamorous and may not put the spotlight on us, but it's important and it's kingdom. And listen, it's time for us to get kingdom on the inside of us. Listen, when God calls you to his work, he doesn't call you to be a slave, but he wants you to be a servant. But he doesn't want you to take on more than you can handle. Solomon had too much. Stop trying to fix other people's problems. Do kingdom work. 
See, when you get into the kingdom work, you discover what your kingdom assignment is. And it's not something that depletes you. It's something that really energizes you to want to do more. Listen, what are you a part of? How do you spend your time? And what value is it adding to the kingdom? This is important. Amen. That's good. And it, we, this is what we need to really understand because as Pastor Anthony was saying, the enemy doesn't come where you just know, oh, that's the enemy. He comes as an angel of light. So sometimes we think that this is a good thing, but is it a God thing? Because when we look at the women, it wasn't about the woman. It was about all that she was bringing with her. She was bringing a, a, a culture of false gods. She was bringing a kingdom where he was going to have to submit himself to some other things. And so a lot of times we connect ourselves with stuff that on the surface it looks good. But when we get to behind the curtains, what is it, what is it about? What is connected to it that has a different agenda? Because that, that's really what happened there. What he was connecting himself to had a different agenda than God's agenda for him. What have you connected yourself to that has an ulterior agenda, that has an agenda that is not a God agenda? That doesn't mean that the, the billboard didn't have some good facts about it. That doesn't mean that the person didn't come looking exactly how you told the Lord you wanted your person to look. But what are they bringing? What baggage are you going to have to open? What thing are you going to have to devote to that is not in the will of God? And you're going to have to start looking behind the presentation and see what is behind the package. See what is attached to those things that are coming into your life. We are going to have to get focused in this day. I don't know about you, but I've been wearing, I've been having issues with my eyes for a very long time. I've, since I was a little girl, I've been needing to get eye exams and go and check my vision and all of that. And so if you are one that has ever had an eye exam, you know when you sit there, they, told, they tell you to read the smallest line that you can see. See, most of us can see the big stuff, right? That's not really a test of anything. We can see the big thing, but most of us get tripped up by the little things. I want you to have some focus today. Look into these connections. What's the little thing? that's attached to that that doesn't that's not in the will of God what's the what's the fine print right because everything looks good when you just are looking at the uh, at the billboard at the pamphlet or whatever the case may be at the person but what's the fine print behind that person what's the fine print behind that thing before you connect yourself to it we got to look at the fine print what is God saying what does he want you to see is it something that is attached to his kingdom purpose for your life or is it something that is adverse or in a direct opposite of what God would have for you to to, to see or what God would have for you to be involved in it's time for us to not only have sight but to get some vision Amen. We need to get some vision. And so we understand that Solomon's issue was this, is that his connections led to a change in his focus. They led to a change in his priorities. They led to a change in his affection. They ultimately, 
ultimately led to a change in his devotion. And then when you look back at Solomon, this person that built the temple, this place where people could come and worship the one and true God, this one that uh, should have been remembered in history as this great king, he's now remembered as the person that essentially caused the divide of the kingdom. He is why that the kingdom was divided. He is why that the children of Israel ultimately go into exile because after his reign, we start this pattern of kings who continue in this idolatry, continue in these connections that have nothing to do with God. And so my question to you today, because we know that uh, we're talking today about our focus, but is the thing you're connected to, is the thing you're focused on, is it going to hinder the future of your children? Because that's what happened with Solomon. His, his straying away, his losing of his focus, his losing of his affection, his losing of devotion, uh, it changed the trajectory of the generations that were to come. They had to live in a divided kingdom because of the choices he made, because of the connections that he made. So what are you connected to today that your baby is going to struggle with tomorrow? Because maybe, because what the Lord said, if we read on in verse 11, he said that I would, I'm going, I would let your servant have this kingdom. But because I've made a covenant with your father, I'm just going to divide it. So somebody in, in David's lineage can have a piece of it, but y'all won't ever fully have it again until Jesus comes. So what connection have you made today that's going to alter the trajectory of your child tomorrow? Because sometimes we can, we can, we can, uh, make some concessions for ourselves because we like it so well. We can say, well, my life is still going all right. I'm still blessed in this area, so I'm not going to let go of it. But that thing come back to generations behind you. I'm preaching the word today. So what connection do you have in your life, whether it is in marital relation, whether it's in relationship with boyfriend, girlfriend, whether it's relationship with organization or jobs or whatever God has not assigned to your life, what is what would that connection do to the generations uh, after you? What would that connection do for your children? Is it going to bless their life or is it going to hinder that? Because how many people know that uh, we don't understand that we don't understand sometimes why alcohol looks so good to us. But if we look back at great granddaddy because he couldn't break it then, he couldn't break that connection then. Women, even when we're talking about King Solomon, that still comes from David. He was David and Bathsheba's son. These connections that are not of God, they last through the generations. That's why it's up to you where you are to break it and break free of it and to connect with the true purpose that God has for your life. How do we break it? We've got to maintain our focus. How do we maintain our focus? We've got to obey and listen to the voice of the Lord, even when it comes to relationships doesn't matter what season we are in life. The enemy doesn't care who you are, whether you're young. Sometimes we think, well, it's the young folk that have lost their focus. But to be quite honest with you, sometimes it's some of our seasoned folk that have not kept their focus and that causes everyone else to go off straight. What's wrong with our communities? What's wrong with our families? They're broken because we've broken covenant with God. And it's time for us to come back in the relationship and bring our focus back. Amen. Where on Sunday, there used to not to be nothing open because it was a day that was set aside for folk to worship. Listen, but now we want to accommodate everybody else, everything else. And we have turned ourselves 
into an object of worship. But we need to worship God. If you look at uh, 1 Kings 11 and verse 4, it says in Solomon's old age, we're going to bring this to a close, they turned his heart to worship other gods instead. Listen, Solomon was not young. Solomon knew better. And somebody listening to me today, you've lost your focus. You know what the word says. You know what the kingdom is. But your focus have gone astray. And listen, God is calling us back into true worship, to true fellowship. We've got to be like the word says. If you look at Colossians 3 and 2, it says, Set your mind on things that are above and not on things that are on the earth. Listen, he told us in Matthew, don't lay up treasures on earth where thieves break through and steal, where moths doth corrupt, but lay up your treasure in heaven. Look at 2 Timothy 2 and 4. He says no soldier gets entangled. We talked about the entanglement last week with Samson and Delilah. But who gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him? We used to sing that song, I'm a soldier in the arm of the Lord. But too many soldiers have gone AWOL. We're absent without leave because we've lost our focus. We've done what man wanted to do, but we've walked away from God. Listen, what's turned your heart away from worshiping him, from serving him? What's caused you to lose your prayer life, your praise life? Solomon lost kingdom authority. But it wasn't stolen. Somebody say, the devil took it from me. No, the devil doesn't take anything or do anything without permission. He only does what he has permission to do. And that's a key to understanding the kingdom of God, that it's about rights, privileges, and it's really determined by the choices that we make, the desires that we have that are unchecked. When we don't listen to God's voice, when we specifically disobey the word and we go after what we want. Listen, somebody's struggling with the split focus today. Listen, I love the Lord. And he heard my cry, pity and groan. You know all the songs. You can quote the scriptures, but your focus is split. Listen, God wants all of you. Listen, he said, love the Lord thy God with all, not part, not some. Why? Because compromised focus leads to compromised affection. And then it turns into compromised devotion. And then what happened? Solomon's almost actions led to the destruction of the kingdom. And David's legacy was tainted. How many kingdom legacies, how many families have been destroyed because we haven't maintained our focus? We are strengthened the weakened by our connections. And it's time for us to connect with Christ. The scripture says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things become new. What connection is directing your focus? Listen, disobedience always has a way of changing your priorities. Having wisdom versus applying wisdom are two different things. And the Lord says that he that asks for wisdom should ask of God, who giveth liberally and a braid of night. Not it cometh down from the Father of lights. God comes to bring and to bring clarity into our life. 
He wants us to maintain our focus, even during the pandemic. Listen, even during COVID-19, when things are different, listen, don't let your focus go off of God. Listen, maintain your focus. Kingdom connections matter, and the Lord wants to be closer to you. He wants to bless you. He wants to do miraculous things through your life, but your connections matter. It's time for us to turn our heart fully to him and say, Lord, it's not what I want. It's not what I want to do. Listen, they've canceled some of the football games, the basketball games, and we've found every way to keep stuff going that we want to do. But listen, it's time for us to give our focus and attention to the work that God has called us to do, which is to bring hope, help, and healing to those that are dying, that are those who are disconnected from Christ. Our focus has got to change. Let this prayer be your prayer today, Lord. Help me to keep my eyes on you. There's a lots of distractions. There's lots of things that are pulling on us as men, as women. But Lord, don't let those things that are pulling on us outtug our desire for you, to serve you, to trust you, to worship you, to work for you. God, to see your kingdom be built. Lord, help us, God in this day to maintain our priorities and our focus. Help us to keep our eyes on Jesus. Help us to look to the hills from which cometh our help. Our help cometh from you, Lord. We've built kingdoms. God, kings and kingdoms will pass away. But there's something about the name of Jesus. It's without end. You are the Alpha and the Omega. And God, help us to maintain our focus. Lord, some of us have lost our way. God, some of us have given up because we were trying to please people. We were trying to help people who really had no intention of doing what was right. But Lord, help us now to turn our hearts and our focus back to heaven. Lord, we praise you today, God, that you, you have come into this world and you gave your son a ransom for many. You died for our proclivities and our issues. And God, we've got issues just like Solomon had. But we thank you that the blood covers us today. And your blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So Lord, we surrender right now. We surrender, God. Every area we've been stretched thin. Lord, we thank you for helping us to know when to say no. And to know when to say yes. And to let our yes be yes, and our no be no. We thank you. You said the day we hear your voice, not to harden your heart. Lord, somebody's vision is blurry today, spiritually. But send clarity now. God, everything that has been brought out of focus, bring it back into focus. Lord, take us back to the place where we first received you. We thank you. Somebody's far from you. But I thank you that you are still calling our name. Lord, we praise you right now. You said if we would call on you, you would answer. And so, Lord, we're calling on the name of Jesus today. And we praise you that you are Lord and you are God. And you have a plan in your kingdom to advance and to expand in us and through us. And so, Lord, we praise you now for strengthening our connection, even in the Holy Ghost. God, that we would feel and experience your presence. And Lord, there wouldn't be anything that would hinder our walk 
or hinder our growth. And whatever's hindered our walk and hindered our growth, Lord, we thank you that as we repent and as we change our way, God, you would turn situations around for us in areas we've lost authority. God, we would gain it back as we give ourselves fully and wholly to the work of God, to the worship of God, to the word of God. Just like Solomon was given the instruction to write down, even as you told the prophet to write the vision and make it plain that he that runneth will readeth it. You said it will tarry, but it will not lie. But the vision is for an appointed time. And we praise you right now that this is an appointed time. This is an appointed season for your people to line up, to rise up, to take the authority that you have caused us and called for us to have in our homes, on our jobs, in our schools, in our communities, in the church, that your kingdom would advance, that it would rise up, and that our focus would be strengthened, that we would know what our purpose is, and that our destiny in you, God, would not degrade, would not be watered down, would not diminish, but Lord, we would grow stronger in you. Lord, we've loved many things. We've loved many places. But Lord, we don't want anything to outweigh our trust and our walk and our devotion and our love for Jesus. Even as we sung earlier that falling in Jesus is the best thing that we've ever done. But Lord, some of us, we've fallen in love with other places, with other things. Are we falling out of love with you? Because God, we've cling to something or to someone else. But this morning today, our desire in our heart is to know and to be closer to you. And we thank you for it now. In the name of Jesus. Come on and help me bless God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. We can't do it the way the world does it. God has a different way and a different standard for his people. He's called you to have a kingdom impact and a kingdom influence. But you've got to know what your identity is. And you can't try to identify with everything and everyone else. Listen, find your purpose in the Lord. Find your destiny in the Lord. Straighten your priorities out with the Lord. Matthew 6 and 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Somebody has a need of something this morning. You have need of employment. Maybe you have need of housing. You have need of finances. You have need of a medical situation to be resolved. You have need of a family issue to be resolved. Whatever you need, God's got it.